Rabbis say a good Shabbos, a, a good Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos Kodesh, Parashas Bay, Tavshin Pei Gimel, Erev Shabbos Kodesh, holding the fifth day of the month of Shvat. And as we are fond of saying, and we repeat that we try to get Chizuk from the Parsha, Chizuk for our lives, Bez Hashem Yisbarach, it should be a good week, and we should only hear good things from each other. And this week's Parsha, the the fact that it's the month of Shvat, we know the famous Remez, that Shvat stands for Sheyehei Besurus Tevis, or Shenishma Besurus Tevis. There should be good news, and we should share in good news each from each other. And we hope that this month we will be mechazek ourselves. I saw brought down that the month of Shvat is a time when a person should be marbe in the mitzvah ben Odom lechaveru to try to care about another Jew, to bring shalom between ourselves and our neighbors, to bring shalom between our spouses, husbands and wives, fathers and children, mothers and children, and generally to be mechabed the Torah, that a person should be careful not to speak Lashon Hara, not to speak Rechilas. And um, just to go off on a tangent for a second, just to say that this week I was to be Mechabed the Torah in a, many, many fashions. I had the opportunity to go to see my Rebbe, Rebbe Feinstein Shlit, to the son of Rebbe Moshe. It was a big schus to be able to be with him and to hear the very Torah from him. I was also Zoyche to attend the Hachnasa Sefer Torah of Rabbi Sklarschlitz's yeshiva together with Rabbi Lichtman, and it was a big covered Torah, and they should have a lot of success in what they're doing. And I was also Zoyche to, I was also Zoyche to be able to um, be at a seum of a Talmud who finished uh, a great accomplishment, Rabbi Yitzhak Russo, we want to give him a Mazel Tov and his great accomplishments. And this morning we had a wonderful visit from Rabbi Langinian and his family, we want to give them a bracha as well. And uh, last night, besides going to the Siam, I also went to a, 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 a hesped of a great Talmud Chacham here in Harnov. And we might say over some gedank that we heard about him as well. But uh, we want to now tie this in a little bit what we said before, that uh, to speak about good things, why is it so important in this month that we should uh, be Mar B'Shalom and everything else in Reus? Uh, the answer is that this is really the time period when we're leaving the Mitzrayim, and it could very well be that the aside of the Zeus Mitzrayim was the fact that we were together. As the Pasuk says in a few, in a few different points, First of all, the Rabbanu Shem commands us, The simple understanding is that Kaddish Baruch told the Jews to go to the Egyptians, and in the Makas Chayshech, they were to go into their houses, they went into their storage rooms, into their safes, they saw all the gold and the silver, and then when they left, they said, you know what, we need gold and silver, and the Egyptians gave them gold and silver. Why they use the language of giving, <coughs> of lending? That's a good question. We're not going to answer that right now. But Revolbi Zatzal always mentions that the Lushan is very interesting. He says, A man from his friend. We know that a guy is not considered a Reyeyu as far as the Allah is concerned. It should have said, A neighbor. So Revolbi is Medayik, and he says over from the Hamik Dover, from the from the, from the Nitziv, 
that first, in order for the Jews to be able to be Yotzei Mitzrayim, they had to create a dynamics of Ava, V'achva, V'sholem, V'reyus amongst themselves. When they themselves were muchen to lend things to their friends, to their neighbor, to their friends, that created a change in the whole, uh, the whole dynamics of what was going on in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim all of a sudden was like unclogged. We'll soon see in a fuller fashion what that means. But there was a light that was brought in to the world because the Jews they showed that they had tremendous ava for each member of Klal Yisrael. And it could, therefore, the Yisait of the Gula is really been Adam HaChaveir, Revolvi says. And we find this also, as the Torah tells us, by Makis Chayshech, that when he brought down Chayshech and Mitzrayim, so it says that for the Egyptians, there was darkness. Why was there darkness? It says, Such a thick darkness. <coughs> Ibn Ezra says, it's like you find in the Atlantic, you literally can't move. But then the Pasuk says, Such a darkness, people couldn't stand up. And we're familiar with the lessons that our children come home with from the Cheder and from the Ganim. And they show the pictures of the Egyptians not being able to literally stand up. But the real, the Swarm Akdashim, they say that the real darkness is when we don't see the affliction. By the Egyptians, they were just interested in their egotistical selves. That's why they didn't care if, if a whole nation was being, was being plummeted and a whole nation was being destroyed and, was, and, put under the, and put under such horrible, horrible conditions. And it's not only in Egypt, it's throughout the Throughout the exiles, we see we've always been the we've always been the scapegoat of the world. When we don't see the afflictions of each other, that's darkness. But the by the Jewish people, there was light. And the light is what brings the geula. And I think this could be the reason why the month of Shvat, which is the concept of going out into the geula, the geula first starts at home when we are able to see the affliction of another Jew, and we know that there are a lot of. Uh, difficulties that have happened throughout the every week as we hear another tzara, another family, and we have to emphasize and we have to realize we have to daven for them, we have to be with them, whatever we can do to support them. This is the first yesayid of the gula. The gula is first being a gula and understanding that every single one of us, we're all together, we're all one nation. The second lesson we want to say is, is that um, the Torah starts out by telling us Nisbik's Parsha that Akash Borcha tells Moshe Rabbeinu, Bay Al and we're Medayak always the Bay. Why is Lush Lushin of Lech, Lech Al Pairai? And uh, the Klayoker has different reasons when we say Lech, when we say Bay. But the Swarm, the popular answer is the Bay Al is the way that Moshe Rabbeinu was able to go to Pairai is not going alone. A year does not go alone. It's by El Pyro. Come, we're going to go together. We take the Rabbanu Shalom with us. And this is the second lesson, or maybe the first lesson of the Parsha, but we'll just use it as the second lesson over here, that the way we get through the Golas is by taking the Rabbanu Shalom with us, recognizing when we have HaKadosh Baruch Hu with us, with the Yamuna with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're able to withstand all of the trials and tribulations that come about through Golas. And what does this mean? It means really recognizing HaKadosh Baruch is with us. 
do we how do we recognize the Kodesh Baruch with is with us? <coughs> like it says in the beginning of Shulchan Aruch, Shivisi Hashem Negdi Samid always place a Kodesh Baruch in front of us. Understand the precepts and the concepts, the Hanhagas of my way of living. Is it really a, a way of living which Hakadosh Baruch is with me? And that's a hard. And we have to take a look ourselves in our faces, and we have to see: Are we really acting in the proper perspective? When we act in such a way, we act like a yid, we talk like a yid, we walk like a yid. Then um, we are we are we are yidden. My Rebbe Ruvain said over that he remembers going to the capital in 1950, and he was a 13 year old boy. And without getting into the whole story, he said that. He wore his yarmulke, and a, 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 a cop told him, "Take off your beanie, take off your hat." He said, I'm, "He said I'm not taking off my hat. This is my religious standard." He was a young boy. The cop said, "You can't be in the capital." They were mocked, but you can't have a head covering in the capital. And Ruven was speaking about this. In the end of the day, we have to recognize that even in America, we're in a foreign country, and that's why he said the Gaval de Gavart. He said, "We say." We should remember Yitzias Mitzrayim. So he raised the point. Why do we say Yitzias Mitzrayim? Yitzia Mimitzrayim. Yitzia from the land of Mitzrayim. No, it's not Yitzias Mimitzrayim. It's Yitzias Mitzrayim. We, it's, it's a lot easier to get rid of the person from the land than to get the land away from the person. We have to be honest with ourselves. The Mitzrayim is, if we take the Mitzrayim out of us, that's Yitzias Yitzia take the Mitzrayim out of us. That's when we're truly, truly taking a Kodesh Baruch with us. Another aspect of the uh, Gula is what the next Pasuk says, that we should speak. We should speak about, we should speak into the ears of our children and our grandchildren what happened in the Mitzrayim. So the first thing to be medayik is why do you use the lashon of umantasaper baoznei bincha umantasaper libincha uben bincha? What's the, what's so important about the oizin? Sternberg brings down from the Panovich Rav. Panovich Rav says we live in a world today where we're showered with all different kinds of messages. The world shouts out in loud voices. There's thunderclaps. There's there's so much noise, and it blots out the words of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We see mighty armies. We see mighty things, and we think that we become we become enamored by them. We see economies. We see worlds. We see Teslas, and we think that this is really the tachlis of the world. So therefore, we don't hear the messages of Hakadosh Baruch Hu. In order for us to, in order for us to hear the messages of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, has to enter into our Aznayim. We have to literally. We have to collate it. it. has to become part of ourselves. And how does it happen? When a Jew lives a life where he's living the ways of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and he speaks it over to his children, he gives over to his children, Amunah, speaks to his children about how important Shabbos is. He makes a geshmak out of Shabbos. He makes a matzav out of Torah. He makes a matzav out of tefillah. He makes a situation that enters into the ears. And that's a task which is incumbent upon every upon everyone that it should enter into our children, into our grandchildren. I was just had a phone call from a grandson of mine who's going to be bar mitzvah in a month. 
And he told me about a conversation he had with my dear mother, Stark. And he said it made an impression upon him. We hope that those are the messages that we give to our children. Into the Oznayim. The other thing is, we said over that I heard from my Rebbe of Moshe Shapiro that Oznayim, why do we use the lesson of Ozen for ears? Do you ever think about that? Why do we use the of Ozen for ears? Well, that's the translation of the word of ears in Hebrew. Well, the depths of it is, Zapter of Moshe Zetzal, Ozen is a lesson of Izun. Izun means balance. In the Hebrew language, the word Izun is balance. Why do we have a right ear and a left ear? The person is hard and hearing in one ear. He's off balance. He's off kilter. He doesn't hear things properly. His whole world is not particularly set. He's, the, the, the two ears represent izun, for a person to have balance. This is a, really a message for us. The Torah is giving us a message of how we have true balance. The true balance of the izun of this world and the world to come. This world where we have to have, live in a world of Gashmi, but we have to take the Olam HaRuchni. This world, but we have to have a Muna in a land which is filled with darkness, when we see such degradation, and we see things which are the opposite. And this is what we have to have, to have the Oznayim, to have the proper balance in the world. How do we have that? What it says in the, in the next piece of the Pasuk, Es Hasher Hisalalti B'Mitzrayim, that HaKadosh Baruch made fun of Mitzrayim, the Chofetz Chaim, when he would read these parashiyas, they say he would laugh. He would have all different, he would, people would listen to him laning the parasha to himself, doing Shnayim Mirkim Echotach, and they would hear him chuckle. And I would imagine we said that he chuckled about different parts. The Tzvardim, he would say, oh, look at them, they're jumping into the Tanurim, they're jumping into the stomachs, they're going into their ears, into their nose, into their toes, like we say to the children. And the parajama be'emtsalayla, he would show how literally silly Mitzrayim was. Mitzrayim, which was the the culture of the day, it was a land of kishuf. It hid things from the people, and the truth is, it's not just Mitzrayim. It's our own modern day Mitzrayim, and as we said before, to be yotze, to be yotze in Mitzrayim from within us. To, how do we do that? by taking a look at the world and saying, the world is a joke. The culture of the world, not to be enamored by it, but to say this, the culture of the world really fit into the oznayim, to the izun of what a yid is supposed to, to feel like. And this, when we have this hergish, that the true way of life, the true izun of life, is the toiva that we do, the mitzvahs that we do, the Torah that we teach, the davening that we have, the geschmack that we have in helping another yid. This is the light, and this is the message that we give to our children that will enter into themselves. The Makas Chayshech, I saw that Rav Sturmbuch says, for sure there was darkness, but what was the purpose of the darkness? It just says a simple thing. Mitzrayim was darkness. Mitzrayim brought darkness into the world. There was no light. It was all about hiding HaKadosh Baruch Hu from the world. That's the Makas Chayshech. The Makas Chayshech was darkness, living in darkness, not being able to enter into a spiritual dimension. The, that was the Mida, Keneged Mida, that was brought upon the, the Mitzrayim. They should recognize they're really living in darkness. They shouldn't think that it's light. By Kla Yisrael, we have the true 
we have the true light. And over here we have to say over the Maisa, which we're very fond of saying, that I heard from Reb Simpson Pincus that the Chafetz Chaim's granddaughter came to Eretz Yisrael when she was in her 70s. She had gone through communist Russia. And Reb Shimshin said he went through the pillow, Zaks, the grandson of the Chafetz Chaim, to see her. And they asked her if she could say over any stories that she had from the Chafetz Chaim. And she said over, one of the stories was when she was 17 years old, her parents, her family lived in Warsaw, and her parents were religious, but they were living in a cosmopolitan city, and they, education was important. And in those days, going to university was important. She was very bright. She, she was a math genius, and she was accepted into a university, and she was going to go to university. And her parents, were, even though they wanted her to go to university, but they were a little nervous what was going to happen. They took her to visit her grandfather, the Chafetz Chaim. One of the only times she really saw him, and she traveled from Warsaw with her parents, and she got to the Radin, which was a small little town, and it was dark and dismal, and she got to the Chafetz Chaim's house. And when she came to the Chafetz Chaim's house, Chafetz Chaim was sitting in his house by a table with two, uh, with candles and lanterns, but there was no electricity. It was dark, and she saw him sitting over a bunch of books, a bunch of svarim. She understood what svarim were, and she was a bright girl, and she said to him, Zaidi, why are you sitting in the darkness? Havaz sits to the finster. Why don't you come out into the real world? You know, we have a nice world today, electricity and everything else. There's modernity, there's technological advancements. She lived in a cosmopolitan city. There were cars already, there were trains, there were movies. She was going to go to university. The university, science, culture. And the Chafetz Chaim was quiet for a moment. And he said to her, this was in between World War I and World War II, approximately... Uh, 1918-1919 and he said to her he says you see the planes that they have in the sky now at the end of World War I they started sending up small little planes and there was the, the Wright brothers and in Germany already there was someone else and they already had the little planes going up they were able to see the formations of the, of the troops which they weren't able to have before it was a technological advancement Chafetz Chaim predicted he said they're going to make a plane that will go on the moon. The Chafetz Chaim predicted, his granddaughter said, that there's going to be, he didn't say a rocket ship, but there's going to be some sort of mechanism which will get to the moon. He saw that. The Chafetz Chaim was able to see the future. And he saw that. And then he said to her, he says, you see the bombs, the bumpers, at the end of World War I, they already made these like primitive little bombs, like Molotov cocktails, and they would throw them out from the plains, and they would hit troops, and they would make fires, and they would damage people, they would kill people. He says, He says, they're going to make a bomb that will be able to destroy the entire world. The Chofetz Chaim predicted the atom bomb, the nuclear bomb, which today is in the vernacular. Today we have it, today we are in fear of it. Not a simple thing. When Putin says today he's going to maybe use the nuclear weapons, who knows if he's going to or not? Call his bluff. Not a simple thing. We're living in a dangerous world. The Chafetz Chaim said to his granddaughter, he says, that's what they make. They mean to say science and discovery. All of the good that they make, but there's no izun. There's no balance. And therefore they make things which can be very destructive. And that's the world that you come from. You want me to go out of my world? which is a world of light, mere machen mention, we make man. The purpose of the Torah is to make man into a better person. Rabbi Isai, 
we work on Midas, we work on Tikkun of the Olam by being Ben Adam Lachaver, Ben Adam Lamakam. We have the proper balance. Chayshech was for Mitzrayim. But we, we live in a world of light. And Rabbi said, what is that light? That light is such a light. We say, This month is the, the, the mitzvah of Kiddush Levana. <coughs> We're Makadish to Levana, Rabbi said. And we know that in <coughs> the, 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 the time period that they were in Egypt, they were in the desert, excuse me, the, the Ananiah covered and the Amud Eish covered over them. And therefore they weren't, they weren't able to be Makadish to Chodesh. The only time was that first time, HaChodesh Zelochem. That's what Rav Nevensel Shlita says over, that Dafka HaChodesh Zelochem, because the other times they were living in a world where there was Dafka light. There was no darkness. There was no, there was no nighttime. And we'll, we have to realize that we live in the world of light. When we recognize that, then we're Zoycher Mitz Hashem, able to go out of the Chayshech. Um, I saw a vart, the end of the parish, it says that we should, we should teach Klal Yisrael that um, we should teach Klal Yisrael that the um, in order that the Torah should be b'ficha. So I saw that the Chidot says, Laman is the Gematria, which we said last week. Laman is the Gematria 190, which is the Kates. You want to know how you're going to get the Kates? The Kates is Laman, Tia Torah, Hashem b'ficha. When we'll have the Torah b'ficha. When we'll teach our children that the Gula comes about through the schus of the Torah. Moshe Rabbeinu was the one that brought the Torah to Klai Yisrael. The Torah is the Torah, as we say, Kinir Mitzvah the Torah or Laman, Rabbi said. Let's remember that. We want to get to the Gula, we want to get to the Kates, then Torah Hashem Beficha. The schus of the Torah is what's going to bring us. That's why we say, Asher Misha Bavakan, the Talmud Biyodai. Happy is the person that comes to the world to come, the Talmud Biyodai. The Khan, Asher Mishabala Khan, the Khan is the Kates of the end of a person's life. <coughs> I heard last night a Hesper on a Yid, Reb Chaim Weiss, who lived here, it was a tremendous Talmud Chacham, tremendous Marbitz Torah. <coughs> and one of the Maspidim said over a Maisa that the, um, if I'm not mistaken, it was the Tashpitz, excuse me, the, the Maharsham, excuse me, the Maharsham said, the Maharsham, who was a great, great Pesach, he was very sick at one point. And he said over to Sunday afterwards that he went up to the Shemayim and he was, he, he was about to be taken from this world. And there was a, a big, big Rebbe that came and he said, how can you take away the Maharsham? Maharsham is such a Talmud Chacham. So they said, because in his Madrega, he's not learning Torah L'Shma the way it should be properly done. So this Yid this Rebbe said, on, on this generation, you're, 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 you're donning a person, he should learn Torah Lishma. <coughs> he's learning so much Torah, so he's not learning, when he say Lishma, uh, the, the highest level of Lishma. He says, we need him back in this world. And the, it seems the Bed and Shomalo made a decision, they're going to bring him back down. And he was brought down, and he got better, and he was able to be continued to be Marbets in the Torah.
And that's what the Tashbit says. The Tashbit says that after a person passes away, so would they judge a person on how much Torah he learned Lishma? Rabbi said, such a tremendous madrega. They were speaking about this year of Chaim Weiss, that he himself was a person that Mamish learned Torah Lishma, and he had a tremendous Gishmak in Torah. Rabbi said, the Parsha of the Gula is this week's Parsha. The Makas Achreinus on this week's Parsha. The Arba, the Choshech, the Makas Bechayrus, the Korban Pesach, the Dam Pesach, which was put onto the Mashkev. The main thing is to be Yaitse Mitzrayim, to leave Mitzrayim. And the last word we're going to say is the Dalit Kaisis, Dalit Lashayna Shogula, which we mentioned last week. And we know that there's really a fifth Kais, the Kais Chamishi of Eliyo Anavi. What are these Dalit Kaisis, and what's the fifth Kais of the Kais of Eliyo Anavi? Now we know the Shibud was really supposed to be for 430 years. Like it says in this week's parasha, that Klai was in Egypt for 430 years. Lamaisa, the Shibud was only for 86. As we know, only when Miriam died, excuse me, when Miriam was born, and that's why she was called Miriam, Vayamaru's Chayehem. That's when the that's when the real bitterness started. 86. 86 Rabbi says the Gematria of Kais. Kais is the Gematria of 86. Now it comes out like this. 86 is one fifth of 430. That means really we were supposed to be five times the amount of 86. But four times, HaKadosh Baruch made L'shoinah Shogula. There was one case of Meriris. And that one case of Meriris, that was the Tikkun, as we said last week, of Vayamaruz Chayayim, that the Meriris was so bitter that that was able to overcome and in in Echus, it was considered like five times that, four times that amount, which would have been <coughs> all automatically 430. This world is a period, is a time where we say on good things, and on bad things, we say, but in the world to come, everything is going to be considered good. And that's why we say, I lift up the Yeshua's the Kais of Yeshua, as I lift it up, <coughs> in this world, there's a Kais, which is one-fifth, as we said, 86, and we still realize that's really Yeshua for us. It might be it might be bitter, but it's B'Shem Hashem Ekra, the world to come, we're going to call it, because we're going to see that that Kais was really a Kais, and that's why we had the fifth Kais. The fifth Kais is to recognize the Olam Haba. Elio Hanavi. And as we said last week, the Vayamarus Chayayim in Parshishmais, the Gain says, is Kadma Va'azla. The Kadma Va'azla got us out of Mitzrayim through the Meriris of that fourth cup. But over here, there's an additional word I saw in the Sefer that the end of the trap is Munach Ravi. The Munach, why was it Munach Ravi? Why were the four Chalakim four taken away and we had four Lashanis of Gula? Why was it? Because the Katma Azla, the Kais of the of the of this eighty six, which is the Kais of Eliyahu, and I think this is a message for us. We all want that Eliyahu Navi should come be mevasertayv. If we'll be mevasertayv to each other, we'll speak good things to each other. We'll be yotzei mitzrayim. We'll be people who are boyal pyra with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. We'll be people that we have such a muna that we teach our children in their oznayim that this is a way of living, this is the way the balance of life is.
and we'll make fun like the Chafetz Chaim of the cultural things which are not that important. And we'll have the Torah with us. With that, we'll be wishing everyone a wonderful Shabbos and a wonderful week. Thank you very much for listening. We want to thank jfoundations.com. If you could sponsor any of our activities, it be another way of addressing and being able to give over Torah to other people. Go on the website and show your support. Thank you very much for joining us.